Hi there, Edwin Crozier with you again, bringing another lesson from God's Word. Have you ever wondered why those nine lepers Jesus healed never came back to thank him? After a great deal of research, I believe I can answer that question. <laughs> okay, who am I kidding? We don't know why they didn't come back. However, I imagine these men lacked thanksgiving for many of the same reasons we forget to be thankful at times. I want to thank you for joining us at the Franklin Church of Christ as we take a look at these nine ungrateful lepers. May we learn to be thankful as we ask, where were the nine? While he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed, but the nine? Where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God? Accept this foreigner. And he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. What an interesting story we find here as ten men come to Jesus to be healed. He tells them simply, Go show yourself to the priest. He doesn't say anything over them. He doesn't touch them. He doesn't have them do anything special. He just sends them to fulfill the law to go show themselves to the priest as one who was cleansed of leprosy was supposed to do. On the way, the miracle took place, and they were cleansed. I have no doubt they all recognized the cleansing, but one, when he recognized it, returned to Jesus and gave thanks. Jesus asked, there were ten. Where are the nine? This morning, I'd like for us just for a moment to imagine ourselves as Peter. You remember Peter, the impetuous disciple who is always wanting to please his master. And so he's heard Jesus say, Now I know there were ten coming. Where are the other nine? And so as Peter, this disciple, always wanting to please Jesus, we want to find out where in fact were the nine. And so we take off. And we're going to find those nine lepers and we're going to ask them, My master healed you. Why didn't you come back and give him thanks? Only one of you came back. Why didn't you Come back and thank my Master. What do you think we might hear from these nine individuals? I imagine we would hear from them some of the same things that we might hear from people today who do not often give thanks to the Lord. Would you pray with me as we begin? God and Father in heaven, may we never be guilty of being ungrateful and unthankful. I pray that we will always give you the thanks that you deserve. Help us, Father, to learn from the example of this Samaritan that you are worthy of our thanks. We praise you and thank you for the forgiveness that we have through your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the salvation and redemption and sanctification that comes through, through Him, through the Word as we obey it. We're thankful, Father, for the congregation, for your plan, for the church that you've established to help us go to heaven. We're thankful for our brethren who strengthen us and who encourage us and stimulate us to love and good deeds. Father, we're thankful 
for the food that you've given us every day, for the homes in which we live, for the clothes that we wear. We're thankful, Father, that you have been with us through so many illnesses and sicknesses. We pray that you would be with our brethren who have been mentioned this morning and our sisters. We pray that you would strengthen them to continue on and bring them back to their natural and normal health, that they can continue in your service. We pray that you would remember that they are your children and have served you. Father, we ask that you help us and strengthen us to give thanks through your Son for whom we are thankful, we pray. Amen. We travel down the road, we meet the very first leper, and we ask him, why didn't you come back to my master and give thanks? And he says, come on, he cleansed me from leprosy. He knows I'm thankful. I don't actually have to say it. How many times do we have that same kind of mentality? We're all thankful for salvation. We're thankful for the forgiveness that Jesus has offered. But let me ask you, how often do you actually say it? How often do we actually turn to God and thank Him for the forgiveness that He's offered? How often do we actually turn to Him and thank Him for the salvation? How often do we thank Him for all these blessings that we all know He's given us? We need to remember in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, Paul said, In everything, give thanks. Please notice that he didn't just say, in everything, be grateful. He didn't just say, in everything, be glad. He said, in everything, give thanks. Certainly, we need to have an attitude of gratitude. But it's not enough just to have some emotional idea of appreciation. In everything, we must give thanks. How often do we thank God? Saying it. Thank you. We continue on to find the second leper who didn't return. We said, what? why didn't you come back? He said, well, you know, I really think that I was getting better anyway. How often do we have those little sicknesses that come and go, you know, the seasonal allergies, the colds, the flus, and... We know that's just a part of life, and we expect that to come and go. Of course, now we, we pray and we call our brother, oh, pray for me, I'm sick. Oh, I'm not going to be there today. Pray for me because I'm sick. But then when it's all over, oh, it was just a cold. We were going to get better anyway, weren't we? I mean, that's just part of life. Do we actually stop and give thanks to God in those cases? Or is it just one of those things that, well, I, I know I'm sick, so I'm supposed to ask people to pray for me, but really, that's just part of life. God didn't really have anything to do with that. Or do we give Him thanks? Third John and verse 2. In Third John and verse 2, John prayed. This is praying for brethren here, not for himself. But he said in Third John and verse 2, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. It's a good thing to pray for health, to pray for our health, and to pray for others' health. But when we have prayed that prayer and we have health, what should we do? We should give thanks for it. Here's the key, brethren. If we don't think God really had anything to do with us getting over that sickness, no matter how serious it was, then why were we wasting our time praying that He would do something about it? Why were we wasting other people's time asking them to pray if we really thought it was just a part of life and just natural, we were going to get over it anyway? But if we believe we need God's help, then when He helps us, 
We need to give thanks. I'll tell you what. If you don't think we need God's help, just take a look at the number of people who thought they were healthy. I don't know how many stories I've heard of people that went in for their just normal physical, got on the treadmill, and were in the hospital getting a bypass. Some of them survived. Some of them didn't. If we really think we need God's help, then I think we know we do. When we ask God to be with us and help us be healthy, we need to thank Him when He does it. We continue on down the road. We find the third leper. Cleanse leper. Why didn't you come back? My master cleansed you of your leprosy. He says, well, I was the one who went. Jesus didn't do anything. I was there. Jesus didn't say anything. He didn't touch me. He didn't have me go. He just said, go on. And then all of a sudden I'm healed. I was the one who went. Jesus didn't do anything. We all know, of course, that we're supposed to give thanks for the food that we eat, the clothes that we wear, the homes in which we live. But how often do we get caught up in that mindset, in that trap? I mean, after all, how many of you work 40 or more hours a week? Right? And we get paid because we work hard. And we're doing the things, managing the finances. We're the ones getting up every morning and going and accomplishing all this. We're the ones that's putting the money in the bank. And we're the ones that are putting the food on the table and the clothes on our children's back and the shelter over our heads. And sometimes we might get that little mindset that we're the ones doing it. And so why do I need to thank God at all? I'm the one who did it. God didn't do anything. I remind you of Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 is just an amazingly powerful passage in my book. But I want you to notice exactly what it tells us about how God works when we pray. He says in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus all generations forever and ever. Amen. Because God can do more abundantly more, exceedingly abundantly more than all we ask or think. But how's He going to do it? By the power working in us. What's that point out? That points out to us that a great number of things for which we pray and ask God to accomplish, He is going to accomplish it, but He's going to do it through the power He grants to us. The great majority of us, we pray, God, give us our daily bread. He's going to do it by giving us ability and opportunity to work. Give us food and clothing and shelter. He gives us that by giving us our ability to manage and work. Give us wisdom. He gives us that by giving us our ability to study His Word. Give us help. He gives us that by giving us the ability to know how to take care of ourselves. At times, it may look like we are accomplishing these things on our own. But brethren, if God removed His hand of benevolence, His strengthening hand of power and ability with which He provides us, what could we accomplish? Absolutely nothing. We move on down the road searching for the next leper. 
And we ask him, my master saved you of your leprosy. He cleansed you. Why didn't you come back? And he said, well, I looked around and no one else was giving thanks. Again, we know that we ought to give thanks to God for the food that we have. John 6, verse 11, where Jesus gave food, God gave thanks for the food that was given. Paul demonstrated that to us as he blessed the Lord for the food that God had given him. We know that we ought to do that. And in the privacy of our own homes, we're pretty good at that. But sometimes we find ourselves out at a restaurant or, or perhaps even at some club meeting where they're serving lunch and we look around and we don't see too many bowed heads and we're a little nervous and we're a little embarrassed and so, well, this time we'll just overlook it or maybe we just don't even think about it because our minds are so focused on whatever else is going on around us. And we don't give thanks because we look around and we see why no one else is doing that. And I don't want to stand out. Now, some of us are already in our minds even trying to scripturalize that attitude and sanctify it by saying, well, you know, we don't want to be like those Pharisees who went and sit on the corner and prayed so that everybody could see them. I don't want you to be like that guy either. I don't ever want you to pray so that everybody else can see how awesome and spiritual you are. But I want you to keep in mind that when we do what God says, we are going to stand out. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14 says, Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. There aren't going to be many on God's path. And so when we are doing what God wants us to do, we are going to stand out. We're going to stand out. We're going to be different. And sometimes we are going to be the only ones. Yes, we need to keep in mind that we're not supposed to stand out so that folks will see how awesome we are. Do you remember what Jesus said earlier in the same Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16? He said, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We may have to stand out sometimes doing what's right. It's not about us. We stand out so folks can look to God and glorify Him. Interestingly though, Someone would say, well, this is not true. They wouldn't say that. Well, certainly they would. How many times are the excuses that we made misperceptions? Because we know that at least one went and gave thanks, didn't he? How many times are our excuses and our perceptions actually misperceptions? Nobody else is doing it. Oh, yeah, sure, some other people are serving the Lord properly. We may not see them. But whether or not they're all doing it, we must still serve God. And give thanks. We continue down the road to find the next leper. He was a little bit more attentive. He said, well, I was about to go give thanks and I saw that the Samaritan was going. And so I knew that he gave thanks for all of us. We gather here for worship every week. We have Bible classes on Wednesday night, Bible class on Sunday, two worship assemblies and men that lead us in prayer, and each and every one of them offer thanks most of the time. Thank God for the physical blessings and the spiritual blessings for salvation and forgiveness and redemption and sanctification and all of those things, and for our food and our clothing and our shelter. I mean, we know that phrase, don't we? All the time thanking for that. Are there times when we sit back and act as though that thanksgiving from that brother... Is it good enough for us for the whole week? 
Well, he gave thanks for us. While he's giving thanks up here, leading us, are we praying along with him, thanking God? Or are we sitting back and just listening as though it's good enough that he's praying for us? That's not what God wants. His thanksgiving does not fulfill our obligation to give thanks. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17, the Scripture says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Whatever you do, you give thanks. My offering of thanks does not fulfill your obligation. Your offering of thanks does not fulfill my obligation. Whatever we do, we're to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are to do it giving thanks ourselves. We keep going down the road. Remember, there's nine of these guys. We find the next one, we ask him, my master cleansed you of your leprosy. Why didn't you come back and thank him? I mean, aren't you the least bit thankful? And he said, you know, if I don't have leprosy now, I must have never had it because you know how leprosy works. I just, I must not have had it. I must have been confused because I can tell I'm cleansed now. How many times do we get into stressful situations and we're worried and stressed and fretting and... We pray, God, get me out of this. Boy, if you get me out of this, Lord, I'll serve you forever. How many times do we get into those types of moments of stress? And and then it all just dissipates. As we know, most of the things we worry about never come to pass anyway, right? It all just dissipates. And we overcome it. Do we turn to God and give Him thanks for getting us through like we asked Him to? Or do we sit back and think in our own minds, well, see, there never was an issue there. All I needed was just a little more patience. I just shouldn't worry so much. And then never thank God for delivering us from whatever it was about which we were concerned. You remember Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6? In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, Paul said, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. He says, don't worry, but be thankful. As you let these requests be made known to God, give thanks. Thank Him that you're you're allowed to make these requests. Thank Him when you overcome and the concerns dissipate or you overcome them. We continue on down the road. Where were the nine? We come to one and he says, well, I went and showed myself to the priest. You know, when I was with Jesus, I still had the leprosy. By the time I got to the priest, he saw me. I didn't. It must have been the priest who healed me. I thanked him. The number of Christians that have been in the hospital and come out alive is really just almost phenomenal. How many people have you prayed for? And they left. And I know it doesn't happen all the time, but it has happened, hasn't it? But of course, we know that what really happened is that we've got great doctors. 
who really know their stuff. And great medicine in our modern day that really takes care of all problems. And when we're done and we leave, we praise the doctor and the hospital and the medicine and we neglect God. We need to remember that it's God through whom we live and have our very being. Acts chapter 17 and verse 28. For in Him we live and move and exist. As even some of your own poets have said, for we also are His children. And James chapter 1 and verse 17. James chapter 1 and verse 17. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. These good gifts come from God. I have no doubt that God works through doctors and through medicine. I think He does. But let's remember that it's ultimately from God. Keep going. Two more. We find number eight. And he says, well, I'm not sure this is going to last. I'm going to wait and see. And if this cleansing continues on, then I'll go back and I'll give him thanks. We are blessed in so many ways. Some that we just absolutely take for granted. We're all going to go home, or most of us are going to go home today. We're going to walk in the, in the house. We're going to reach over to the wall. We're going to flip that little switch, and what's going to happen? Lights are going to come on. I mean, that's pretty phenomenal. I, anybody here remember when you couldn't do that? Okay? I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. I don't. Okay? I don't remember that. Sorry. Always been electricity since I've been here. But I have gone through times when I reached over and flipped that switch and it didn't work. Storms going on outside. Something blew up down the road. I've been in times where, I mean, it's been bad. been ice storms and power's out for a week. Anybody ever been through that? And what are we, we're praying every day, you know, God, please help them get this running again. Let, let's get this power back on. And then all of a sudden the power switches on and, oh, that's awesome, that's great. Do we thank God or do we sit back and say, well, I want to make sure that it stays on? Or good things are happening to us, or excuse me, bad things are happening to us, and then something good happens. And instead of giving thanks to God for that good thing, that momentary thing, we sit back and say, well, I want to make sure that it's going to keep happening before I give thanks. In Job chapter 14 and verse 1, in Job chapter 14 and verse 1, Job said, Man who is born of woman is short-lived and full of turmoil. What that means is our lives are short and there's going to be bad things happen all the time. If we're going to wait to give thanks to God until the good things just happen and keep happening and always happening and they last, then we're not ever going to give thanks. But we need to recognize that we don't deserve even the momentary good things. And so when those blessings happen, the power comes on and we've got it for a little while, we ought to just be thankful for it because we didn't deserve it to begin with. 
When good things happen in the midst of all kinds of bad things, we don't sit back and complain because it didn't keep on happening. We just need to be thankful that God blessed us with that. Whether it lasts or not. Because we don't deserve any of the blessings. We need to give thanks. And we find the last leper. And we say to him, My Master, cleanse you of your leprosy. Why didn't you come back and give thanks? He says, Well, I'm going to thank Jesus later. You know, I've got to go to the priest. I've still got to... I've got to go here. I want to let my parents know. I've got to go find my wife so she knows. And I, I've, Now that I'm cleansed, I've got to go get a job because people let me work. I'm going to thank Jesus when I have time. I'll get to Him later. How many of us plan to give thanks? We plan to pray. We plan, well, I overslept this morning. I'll do that at lunchtime. Oh, the boss wants me to do some work. I'll do that when I get home. Oh, I've got to get the kids to soccer. I'll do that. Oh, man, it's midnight. I'm tired. I've got to get up early in the morning so I can pray. I'll do that in the morning. And then it all starts over again. And we keep planning on doing it later, but later gets here and we're still just as busy and so it doesn't happen. I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 27 through 28. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 27 and 28, the Scripture there says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, Go and come back, and tomorrow I'll give it, when you have it with you. He says that between you and I, if I ought to be giving you something, and I've got it here right now, then I'm supposed to give it to you. I'm not supposed to tell you, go, I don't have time now, come back tomorrow, I'll take care of that. How much more between us and God when it's within our power to give Him thanks right now? Should we say to God, essentially, go for now, Lord, come back tomorrow, I'll give you the thanks that is your due then? Thanksgiving is not something to procrastinate. It's something that is in our power right now and we need to give it to the Lord. We need to be thankful. We think about these nine men, but then we think about the one. And of course you realize, I made up all those excuses. You all know that, right? That's not found in some other version of Luke. I made that up. However, it wasn't so made up, was it? Because those are the kinds of things that whether or not we actually will say them, those are the kind of things that we do at times. But why did the one return? The one returned because he was thankful. He had been cleansed. He had been healed. And he was thankful. So he returned. Are you thankful? That's where it begins. We've got to be thankful. We've got to realize where it's all coming from. All these blessings, all these gifts, they're coming from God. And we need to acknowledge that. Being thankful. But not just having an attitude of gratitude. We've got to actually give thanks. How easy it is to forget Thanksgiving sometimes. I hope we will all be like the one who returned to give thanks because he was thankful. Again, I want to thank you for joining us at the Franklin Church of Christ in this study. I invite you to study with us on many subjects. 
If you've been given this lesson on CD by a friend, feel free to get on our website at www.franklinchurchofchrist.com and download any of the lessons we have available in audio format, or download the outlines to print out and study on your own. If you have any questions about prayer, about Thanksgiving, or about the Franklin Church of Christ, please contact us by calling 615-794-2359 or contact us through our website. Again, that's franklinchurchofchrist.com. May God richly bless you, and may you richly bless God.